Hello, everybody. My name is Joe Renee Feeler, and I have a special guest today. His name is Paul Prosper. And some of you may remember from the December solstice message that I actually made um, an invitation for anyone that's had a private session with me that I would be open and interested in basically them sharing their private session, obviously not making making it public instead of private then at that point, or even just sections of it. Because what I've learned over the years, there are so many things that come through in private sessions that end up feeling so relevant and helpful to so many other people. And some of you know Paul by his name and you'll know him by his voice because he has been involved in a lot of the work that I've been doing. We've all of us co-create this work and Paul asks very unique questions that stand out to people. And I've noticed over the years uh, partnering with him, because I feel like I partner with all of you, that when Paul asks questions, it ends up expanding the work so much more. And what you may be surprised to know is that Paul does that in his private sessions too. So Paul was the first taker of my offer <laughs> to um, share his private session. And we decided since we know each other so well over the years, um, that we, I, he liked my idea that came to me from his team and my team of us doing this where he's on camera, I'm on camera, and we're both sharing um, a session of his choosing. So, Paul, welcome. Hi, Jill. Hi. Glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here. It's fun that, especially since we just got back from our Egypt and uh, Jordan adventure. Wonderful trip. Incredible. I'm so glad you were a part of it. I've, we all made that wonderful and incredible. <laughs> so, Paul, do you want to say anything about yourself? Do you, or do you want to jump right in? It's totally up to sure. you. Okay. I, I could just provide a, a brief. That's great. You know, introduction, if that's all right. It's perfect. Um, well, um, as mentioned, uh, my name is Paul Prosper. I am from a small Mi'kmaq community here in Nova Scotia called Bakunke. And um, I currently am in the position of chief. Um, so I'm Indian chief in this community. And I um, have been following Jill for quite some time. And through the course of my, um, I guess, awakening or expansion, um, I've been led to have a number of questions and I was so grateful to have the opportunity to um, come across Jill's uh, materials. And um, through the course of that, as she mentioned, we've had some pretty incredible dialogues. And certainly within um, my private sessions, uh, that sort of continued. So um, I'm sort of looking forward to this opportunity of um, sharing you know what come about uh within these sessions and looking forward to just uh maybe expanding upon it a bit i love it that sounds good so why don't we do this i'll start the session that you chose which was from and this is a funny synchronicity do you want to talk about the dates for a second because i asked you to pick the session that you wanted to share this is fun sure um it, it was resulting from our last session where we, we sort of uh discussed uh, this idea of doing this um, joint um, thing together and you left it upon me. Um, you, you picked the date of um, maybe we would have our next session would be on this date, February uh, 21st, and left the decision to me to pick uh, which one of the sessions we had. And 
I started looking through my sessions and it just so happened that two years ago on this date, uh, February 21st, uh, 2016, uh, we had this session. So I thought it was the appropriate session to go with as our first sort of uh, go through. I love it. I just, I thought that that synchronicity was so fun. Okay, so um, let me get us started here and I'm gonna hit play, okay? Okay. Okay. Session with Jill and Paul on February 21st, 2016. Let's take our two nice deep breaths here, please. This is really cool. The first thing I'm seeing is it's this beautiful image of you in the center of a, and it looks like a, like a ring, but it's more like an audience. And there's just a lot of really amazing souls that are sitting at your feet around you, all around you. And they're just like, I wonder what he has for us tonight. And it's really, it's fascinating because what they're, they're sharing here is what a leadership position that you have in many, many dimensions and many, many realities. What's really cool is that you brought more of that leadership um, vibration from your soulfulness into your humanness just in the last two to three months. I'm so glad you were feeling it because this is this is really Jesus is just nodding his head. He's like, this is huge. the election of you as the elder that because that's a position that's elected within the tribe yeah yes okay it's an election that through an act called the indian act um takes place every two years okay and that session um in february was following the election in november and the two months or three months that followed was sort of the um depression sort of mm. <laughs> journey aftermath of that election in terms of processing. Yeah. Okay, interesting. All right, yeah. thank you for that clarification. Okay. Um, <laughs> your team is just smiling at the fact that there was there wasn't this uh, there was a skinny margin there in terms of the results. And it it really it really does 
I want to say manifest this this reality that you were sort of indifferent <laughs> about whether whether you got it or not. True. Yeah. It's going to be, um, 
support what presents itself. I love that. I love that. Your higher self is really smiling big on that one because you're right. It is going to be different. There's there's a lot of different moving parts that, um, and a lot of things that actually you set in motion over the years, even before you were an elder, um, that you're going to start to see more response and more results related to things that you really wanted to adjust and change and upgrade. So I'm super excited that you're remaining in that leadership position to actually see it from the other side and give it that extra boost so that it has, they're saying, legs going forward on its own. Wow, I just love that idea of it going forward on its own. And because I, a bit of, you know, my, um, you know, um, I, I think it was a bit of a, a bit of depression or whatever was mm-hmm. not feeling that I've really done, you know, these initiatives that, you know, I, I, I dreamed about, I, uh, you know, and I want to initiate and have started to initiate that, you know, it, it hasn't really got to that level of, you know, um, manifesting that I had really had hoped that, like, there's a number of things on the side burners or back burners, and it sort of, you know, made me a bit discouraged about that. Okay. No, it feels good. And it's funny because I do feel like there's a theme here related to... Yeah. I, I just wanted to um, follow up on that um, as I was re-listening. As, you know, um, people sort of um, following the recording, um, you know, the, the, just to recap, the, there was an election there in late November. It was a narrow margin, as, as we discussed. And, you know, a bit of the background is I, I, I just, you know, I was really pumped by what I did the first two years. And yeah. I felt there was like this huge momentum. And when there, I got the results of the election, it was like, what? You know, like, I, I sort of felt like, wow, I, I couldn't, you know, it, it was a shock to me, you know, to my ego, let's just say, uh, by winning by a narrow margin. And, I, and yes, mm. I... I did sort of get into a a bit of processing, like a depression there Mm. and um, just thinking uh, to myself, like, um, if this didn't do it the first two years, I don't know how, you know, it's going to happen for me, Mm. like within the next two years, you know, Mm. um, because I thought I did great. I mean, so within that state of depression, it was interesting for me to get the confirmation. I, I think Jesus came in there that within the last two or three months, you know, I brought in that sort of um, leadership vibrate, mm. vibration from my soulfulness into my humanness. And I was thinking, I was depressed, you know? Like, uh, <laughs> so I was curious, um, you know, how something like that can take place even in the midst of what I perceive to be a depression. Yeah. Right. Do you know, you've listened to the session again and I haven't. Do we get to that part? Do you know? No, no, we, oh, we, we don't. Let's um, talk about it now then. So, okay, I love this. Because Jesus is like, we can go right back to that time, Jill. <laughs> 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 let's add it here. Um, 
Yeah, I love how he's putting this. Okay. So there are many times when we're going through, whether it's an illness or feeling kind of a dip in our energy field, depression, you know, low energy, low motivation, etc., that it's actually another energy level settling in. And it feels disruptive to a flow of kind of like when you're going 50 miles per hour and you hit a speed bump, right? It's just like, whoa, what just happened, right? And mm -hmm. our mind, if, we're, if we weren't expecting it, we don't have a kind of a story around what happened. The, the unsettledness of it can, depending on other factors, and you had another factor in terms of how could I have only won by this much? We had like, what does that say about the confidence that my community has in me, right? Overachievers mm -hmm. are like that, by the way. We don't say like, yay, we have more than, we got more votes than they did. We say, why didn't we get more? <laughs> right? Because we hold ourselves as leaders to a really high standard. Um, mm -hmm. So anyway, it's like a, it's almost like a grading system. So you're, you're allowing that, that time period to feel like a lull, like a, like even a depression in side by side with that was a whole nother layering system being kind of linked into it. The fact mm -hmm. that you allowed yourself the humility of, wow, I, this wasn't as easy of a win as I thought it would be. And clearly there's some, some different perceptions about me and the role that I did and how either how committed I am to this or the results that I'm offering um, that make me want to kind of, you know, be more aware and what can I do better next time so that if I do run again, that it'll be an easier win, right? Mm -hmm. So it actually leveraged really well together that, that time of softness that you had coupled with those new leadership layers of your soulfulness coming online allowed you to expand the energetically how you do your role because you're still in that two-year term now right um actually i'm in the next two-year term <laughs> so since yeah. this recording you've already run again yeah and won by a bigger margin you know. <laughs> i'm grateful for that you know. there we go <laughs> that's so great that's so good yeah, that's cool. Do you have any questions about that part that it actually kind of scooped underneath it? And even though you didn't perceive it at the time, I feel like that's actually one of the reasons they talked about it in your session to help you know that something else was going on at that time that was beautiful and perfect and really wonderful for the role that you were elected to do. Wow, no, that, that, that was really good to sort of make that connection there. Good, yeah. I thought it was really it really sort of makes makes sense I, I guess initially i was just thinking of where my mind was but um, <laughs> it does provide that long loop back yeah that's good okay awesome all right <laughs> here we go and they're calling it independent sovereignty that yes there's a sense of community but the the respective value of each individual is just so important to be highlighted and that each person feels their sense of it's not obligation it's it's divine pleasure and divine delight in in recognizing the unique role that each one plays and doing everything you can to highlight the, the differences the uniqueness of each community member and, and having them oriented to look for that themselves Yeah. Oh. 
it's i'm 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 so glad to hear that that strikes a chord with you because this is how it works best paul and you and i both know this from our other journeys in in parallel timelines that this is when humanity really shines the best is when there is a system and a process in place of independence and of valuing and really cherishing independence and we've lost that Because they're, for a community that identifies itself as a minority, in, for valid reasons, right, there tends to be this, this group think that, well, we're all the same. It's, it's, we're different than everybody else. And the individual loses its place of value in the world in some ways because of that. That it's that, well, we're all the same. You know, we all have the same... Um, heritage and it's us almost like against um, the rest of the world and that there's diversity of us relative to the rest of the world but they're they're almost like there's there had been safety in the similarities and going forward the the amazing upward trajectory for really all communities is when we are looking for and celebrating what makes each and every one of us just kind of like tick and um, the passions and the unique the unique gifts and abilities that we've had probably our whole lives. This, you know, the good stuff that we were never taught, it just comes so naturally. And there's been a, a from previous leadership or the status quo leadership, there's been a hesitance to do that because well then we'll lose our our those then we'll lose our sense of community if we focus too much on individuality. <clears throat> but in actu- in truth, the opposite happens. <clears throat> the sense of community actually strengthens because we've already done so much work with the overall picture of um, purpose and shared purpose that now it's now we get that next that next uh, burst from the glorification of the individual expression of light that each human represents.
organization and us clearing, carrying that collective sort of um, weight of yes. the past and, you know, certain elements of, you know, um, protest, you know, in terms of there's a place for that, but there's also a place for reason and, you know, um, you know, reasonable dialogue and discussions. Right. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's really beautiful. So your team is just, they're celebrating now. And the ones that were sitting at your feet. I, I, I just wanted to, um, I, there was a portion when I, I when, you know, um, part of the message was coming through that um, I, I said it just reflected a, a deep, and profound dream, you know, that um, I, I, I had. And it's, it, it's always been a bit of a struggle for me, um, you know, being a leader within community and, and you know, uh, taking into account and planning for, and, you know, you know, t you know, taking into consideration the interests of the collective, you know, mm -hmm. of, the greater good, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and thinking about fairness and, and you know, principled decisions to to allow you know a certain allocation of resources and things of that nature to be you know equal and fair and uh, appropriate and and I guess that is one of the things that um, you know I, I struggle with is um, that balance between. Um, you know, uh, taking into account the um, the the needs of the individual and for uh, individuals within that collective to to give a certain sense of primacy to their own sort of interests and needs and wants, mm -hmm. and some people think um, you know to sort of pursue that is maybe a bit selfish or mm -hmm. sort of breaking away from the group or. Um, you know, and or maybe people just thinking it's not safe, you know, it's much safer to be part of the larger group than to just simply follow. And, um, and I always, and I often found that uh, at times is that that cohesiveness within community, which is, you know, often good to see that, you know, common sort of goal and dream, and, you know, that you know there's sometimes a flip side to that in mm. the sense of um a common history uh, a common legacy like and at times you know maybe getting locked in the past a bit about you know certain considerations of victimization and as i mentioned that collective way so you know i mean this sort of presented to me like um, this idea of diversity and, you know, that relationship and uh, the emphasis on the individual and how, and I'm wondering if, if you heard this, Jill, through that dialogue that, um, 
if one were to just really focus on, you know, and support, you know, uh, and, you know, uh, the needs of the individual to pursue, you know, their own thoughts, views, dreams, and goals, that through that, you know, process that it will inevitably, that diversity even will um, make a community stronger, you know, uh, more, let's just say, prosperous or progressive. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it, it almost seems to be uh, um, a, a, a thing that I find, you know, um, that diversity in a sense can contribute to a more, you know, um, co uh, stronger collective, mm. which is, uh, I guess, what the nature of that dialogue was all about. I totally agree that that is what it was all about. And I also heard the part that is sometimes minority groups, and I guess, I mean, technically I'm considered a minority group being a woman, right, at, the, at this mm -hmm. time. Um, there is this sense that as a minority group, we have to stick together because we're a minority. And if we, if we focus on our individuality too much and de-emphasize our role as a member in this minority, trying to kind of assert ourselves and, and make a difference in the world and be heard um, and, you know, count and matter, um, that those individualities are actually de-emphasized um, either either at the conscious level of self of no, that if I, if I go this different turn, then I won't, then I won't fit that mold that's been handed to me of this minority. Um, so there can be pressures in multiple levels to do that. So I do feel like there is some either talent or interests or passions that are viewed by the self as outside the norm of that minority identity that can actually is suppressed of, oh, I better not do that. But yet that mm -hmm. expression of that individual passion, that, that uniqueness, and even that distinction of that individual from the, the group minority kind of identity is probably more powerful for that minority group than anything else. Because it's easier mm -hmm. to be heard as a collection of individuals versus a collection of, of, of same, same be, same be, sameness. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we overemphasize the sameness for very valid reasons, but I feel like we've tried that for so long now, and I feel like we've kind of worn out maybe the benefits and it's, it's worthy of time um, for whether somebody's considering themselves a minority or, or a majority, that we really take more credit for what makes us tick uniquely um, that makes me really excited and I can't, I don't know if I can adequately explain why, but on a soul level that always feels like, like the magic course of action when as individuals, um, no matter what age of life we, we really celebrate, oh yeah, I'm different from, from my group, whatever group that is, even family group in these ways. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of exciting that I'm different. I wonder why I'm different that way. Do I make that an upward spiraling, everybody wins sort of difference and distinction? Or do I make it like a problem that that is a downward spiraling detraction of, of progress and momentum and um, joy and you know, self-satisfaction and um, feeling of value in this world? Wow. And I, I was thinking, because I, I agree that um, 
things essentially could get the stronger the individual, the more complete the individual, mm -hmm. that the byproduct of that mm -hmm. for the community would be endless. So I was mm -hmm. thinking about it within the context of ceremony, um, mm -hmm. you know, of maybe, you know, developing new ceremony, you know, mm -hmm. um, to sort of support that um, component of, you know, the celebration of the individuality mm, of, you know, people within the collective, mm. you know, um, for sake mm. of, you know, um, uh, you know, knowing that it would be for the larger good in one way, shape or form. So, wow. you know, I, uh. that's one of the things that I've been thinking about. I love that idea. Let me know if you want any ideas <laughs> from really? from your team on that because that gets me really excited. I think of I've heard of ceremonies regarding whether a woman, you know, a young woman going through menstruation for the first time or something and in some tribal communities that's a really it's like now you're a woman and it makes me think of wouldn't it be really beautiful if someone said now you're your woman. Yeah handing oh. it back to them and a man too when the young boy is like okay now you get to go hunt with the tribe or something like that mm -hmm. um some traditional kind of this is what makes you a man this is the line you've crossed from boyhood to manhood and instead yeah. of saying now you're a man now you're your man and there, I mean, obviously that's one of what I, one of the things I love to do in readings is help people see themselves as their unique soul signature in, in, in context of their humanness. And in that process, and I know you know it, it, we feel so seen and so inherently valuable outside of a context of, of a identity, either gender identity or political identity or um, ancestral identity. It's just, it's such a beautiful thing because it, I think it amplifies all of those other subgroups in a really beautiful way. Oh, that's beautiful. If I can, uh, Jill, because you mentioned it, we'll probably be referencing Soul Signature again. Mm. I'm wondering if you could just maybe elaborate on that. Uh, okay. So when it was, um, you know, there's a lot of terms and words that are thrown around in, in, our, in our world of consciousness and enlightenment and even New Ageism, if some people consider us in that, in that group. Um, the idea of soul signature to me allows us to have a context of our purest God connection and God essence that still is individual. I was bothered by the notion that, that I saw some people had about this idea that, that beyond this reality, there's this collective one in a sort of, I want to say like green, yellow, no identity, no personality sort of way because that definitely wasn't the interaction I was having with the mm -hmm. higher realms. I still felt a lot of individuality and um, personality even with whether it's Archangel Michael or, or Yeshua. Um, I, I feel them by their essence, by their vibration and I can tell kind of who they are in that way not unlike we do in our humanness. So it's fun with the work I do that I can actually see the human personality as a really more often than not a really a nice match 
to the soul signature identity or the soulfulness identity. And I'm using the word soul in the context of the, the eternal self, the eternal you, the part of you that, that was that was always there, that was there before you were born as your human and will be there after after we die in our humanness. Um, anyway, so that's that's what I mean by that term soul signature. And signature, I like that word um, because it has a sense of it's yours. And you carry it with you, and it's um, it's it's like another form of container that we use in the all that is, and I love it. It's beautiful, and I, you know, borrowed that phrase and used it in various contexts, and it works, doesn't it? People would come to me, and they would resonate with soul mm-hmm. signature, and they would like own it, you know, <laughs> I love it. and it would be like beautiful because mm-hmm. it, it's authentic to them, you yeah. know. I mean, uh, mm. and I, I just, when I heard that, just beautiful. It's a nice anchor in this reality, too, because our identity and our humanness can ebb and flow and go through so many sort of morphed, morphic changes, metamorphosis sort of experiences. And the soul signature, it's not that it's static. It definitely is dynamic and it's wide. It's very, very wide. But it gives us another level of stability and kind of a root, a rooting root system that's beyond this time-space continuum. And I find that really helpful, especially for people that are quite expanded in their consciousness and, and want to experience the more esoteric layers of this reality beyond the five human senses. And I like that add-on you mentioned about it being dynamic. And mm. changing because we're not static, no. right? No. We're, we're quite quantum. Work. We're amazing. I love the word quantum. Yeah, like anything's well, not anything is possible. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> awesome. Great. Thanks for that, Paul. All right, should we go back to it? Sure. Okay, thanks for that. That was fun. <laughs> are now standing next to you and they're cheering you. Um, they're saying thank you for signing up for another two years. <laughs> Even when you weren't sure you were signing up, but you did throw your hat in the ring, which was kind of like signing up. Um, they're, they're just really honoring your decision here and they you know and this comes up a lot I know but they're saying remember to have fun it's the it's the joyful expression of your gifts the where you shine the brightest call What's interesting is that there's actually um, um, another tribal leader from another timeline, and your team is smiling and saying it, it, they're not affirming, but they're saying it could even be you from one of those other timelines. You were a very strong, now they just don't confirm it, <laughs> laughing at them. You were a very strong leader in that timeline. And he's saying this is what we knew previously, was that there was a way to, to lead joyfully, mm-hmm. yet firmly. And, and appreciating the balance between the final say and the authority is within you as the leader, and yet it is rooted in the honor and the, the divine 
privilege of being able to lead out of honor for the community, not out of selfishness, not out of arrogance. And what he's saying is that over the past, he's saying 2,000 years, there has been a misunderstanding of many leaders where there's this sort of false humility, excuse me, false humility um, of almost like I can't show that I like to be in the leadership role because that would be seen as arrogant. And of course, now Buddha's stepping in and Buddha's saying, what a ridiculous notion that a leader needed to be almost like um, treating it like they were like they were miserable in order to be um, to do the job and be respected, but they couldn't have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Buddha is just saying, "Fooey, nonsense." That's just that's he's saying horseshit. That's horseshit. <laughs> I um I, I mean I remember uh, like a previous dialogue which I I just valued when you told me that you know my team was telling me to sort of lighten up and be a little more seriously playful. I mean, and I'm curious about that balance and any tips or, you know, yeah. to, because I, I, I find like that balance of being joyful, but yet firm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, and I find sometimes I, I, I have difficulty, you know, uh, maintaining that balance uh, of, you know, because you can't be willy-nilly, I guess, when you're in a leadership role, you, you, you want to think about from a principal perspective anywhere or a fair perspective and call things, you know, you know, when you when you see them in a specific way that I guess it's honoring uh, to the individuals or person or whatever, but yet getting, you know, then to see the, the larger picture, you know, of of why. Um, I find I struggle with that too. Well, you do have a very fun sense of humor. And the more that you can allow yourself to find humor in the situations, <laughs> the more naturally you will integrate that part of you that is in joy in the leadership position. The, the authority of the position takes care of itself in terms of the firmness. There's, there's no mistake that anyone would have about who is who gets the final say, those sorts of things. Um, so it's like your team is saying, you don't even need to really worry about that. And that's where the heaviness comes in, is this maybe doubt or insecurity even of, am I honoring the role? The role has its honor. The role has has its honor as a, as a part of, um, it's like inextricably, inextricably linked. You, your team is saying you don't even need to worry about that. So once you put that concern aside, and then it's more about I am in the leadership position, and I honor you, the individual, and I have a way of of being myself, Paul, as a leader, that can look for the humor in situations so that we can move forward, not as a distraction mechanism, which humor can often be used for, but actually as a way to lighten the energy, loosen the grip of the past, so that we see more more brightly and more clearly the clear opportunities that are facing us right here, right now. Okay. 
So there's a lightness to it, and there's a and there's a clear distinction that I see that they're making between you and your soul signature combined with the natural authority that's coming with the position that you have. And it's it's almost like it's possible that you you've been looking at the position as well. I need to be serious to be taken seriously to not dishonor the role I have. And your team is just saying that that's not. Don't worry about that. seriousness, you know, to the position mm-hmm. and 
and you know I've you know, and carrying that sort of um, with me uh, through my daily affairs. And, you know, with that, you know, with that sort of um, insight um, from, you know, that, that elder, that future elder, I guess, mm -hmm. 2,000 years into the future, <laughs> or whatever, um, it, it, it just allowed me to, um, Sort of loosening up that that sort of um, I want to say tight ball to to hmm. to allow I I think the way it was put was um, loosen up the past you know and so you can sort of look at the opportunities that are ahead and I um, hmm. I really took a lot of um, away from that and. You know, and just having that feeling and recognition that um, this this chief is essentially me or a future aspect of me, mm -hmm. you know, that is part of me, even in the present day, you know, um, yes. really helped me to um, accept that, you know, mm -hmm. and and I know from our, you know, previous discussions, Jill, and we, we, we talked about laughter and <laughs> how laughter has a way of almost you know shifting the energies mm -hmm. you know quite quickly you know that right. it could be utilized in a way uh, you know of um, shifting things around and allowing things to sort of maybe loosen up so one can sort of look at some of the potential opportunities that that situation sort of presents so i i, I just wanted to um highlight that and just I'm just so how helpful it was. I'm so glad. So I'm curious also, has that meant that that session in particular that we're reviewing here, that you did start to have more fun in the role yes. since then? Certainly. So I, cool. I mean, yeah. And not as a distraction, right. you, know, you yeah. know, but as a way of making it constructive, you know, mm -hmm. on point sort of, and, you know, um, <laughs> And it reminded me, you know, as in a younger Paul, you know, yeah. uh, of how I was able to be funny in the sense of <laughs> being things in different ways, you mm -hmm. know, um, which can be funny at times. And, <laughs> you know, I think that I lost that, you know, when I grew up, you yeah. know, and, you know, um, and it was almost like I rediscovered that. I mean, like, and... That's so cool. You know, look to incorporate it more. And, and actually, I started seeing it in other chiefs as well, you know. That's that so awesome. With, yeah. In terms of how they, you know, uh, deal with, with, you know, some difficult situations at times. And, you know, but very, very helpful. I love it. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm just... I'm laughing. I was started to giggle because I was having memories of how you made me laugh and with your humor. And I just remember us in that in that hotel lobby waiting for a flight from Cairo to Frankfurt. And we'd been up for so long at that point. Um, and our Mohammed was talking about, yeah, to really to really understand what's going on here. You have to live here. You have to live in Cairo. And you're like, oh, great, Jill. You know, thanks. 
<laughs> so we didn't unlock any codes or something like that. It was so funny. <laughs> it's just I had never seen that sass sarcasm for me before. <laughs> we were all a little loopy at that point. Oh my god, that was so good. And I'm like, Bridget, Paul's laying on some sass. <laughs> so good. Oh. <laughs> One of the things, Jill, I mean, like, because um, I'm thinking people listening in, like, um, might be thinking, well, how is that possible? How could, you know, a, a certain future aspect of me, you know, mm. um, come to the past, their past, yeah. you know, and actually help me, you know? Yeah. And it sort of gets to this <sighs> idea of beyond our humanness into our soulfulness, mm. there's no conception of time or space or linear time so mm. it's essentially and looking for feedback on that that mm. you know in other dimensions or you know uh, beyond this time space that the, the past and the future mm. don't really exist it's all sort of wrapped up in the present is that somewhat accurate yeah the words are are just coming to me as you're saying it it's at another level of our beingness time is not an obstacle so there it's it's all happening at the same time so that can be a really big like mind bender is the word i like to use for for those that don't have that awareness their their brain hasn't grasped that concept that there is more than one now and it goes into parallel realities it goes into parallel timelines it goes into parallel versions of self um, and that a future quote unquote version of you is happening at the same moment that, that this you is happening. It's a, it's a wild concept. And then there's other kind of versions of ourselves or layers of our beingness that aren't even in time. They're out of the time space continuum totally and outside of the time space continuum or is it inside the time-space continuum? Einstein just said, <laughs> he's playing with us. That's so good. <laughs> Where there is no time, um, there is a sense of omnipresence where you're everywhere at the same time, but still with a reference point of your, your one, your soul signature, but in a divine union with the all that is at, at the same time. <laughs> So it's a, it's really cool. And the more that I've, I know for myself, the more that I've allowed myself to not be limited either in my sense of awareness or access um, to just this time, quote unquote, the more of that source energy, the more of that soul signature energy is then made at home within me because I'm not putting it in that really narrow box. I'm allowing it, I'm allowing the wisdom I'm allowing the timeless, timeless wisdom to be available to me, regardless of where I am in quote unquote time. And it's a, it's literally a game changer. And I just, I just want to add to this for those that are, um, I mean, you're sharp, you, uh, you're well-educated, I'm well-educated. And I, I get it that for some people that are also well-educated or just really have really strong brains and maybe didn't go into formal education in any way, um, our minds can get really tripped up on things. And what I've, what I've also realized is that just because my mind doesn't understand it doesn't mean it's not true or doesn't mean it's not real. 
our mind is kind of like a Vespa engine relative to the most advanced rocket ship ever, the most advanced time traveling machine. So you don't ask a Vespa to get you from, you know, LA to London. Um, so once I, and I still have so much respect for the human brain, I love the human mind and how it works. I think it's absolutely fascinating. And I'm also equally fascinated by how much it holds us back. But it doesn't have to when you layer on another kind of, um, it is like another layer of system regarding divine consciousness. And you create a system within yourself of, okay, my brain doesn't understand it, but that doesn't mean it's nonsense. It can be mm -hmm. full, it can be full sense versus nonsense. And now I'm playing with words. <laughs> wow. That's very helpful though. I'm glad you added that context because it, it, it is good to kind of lay down some tracks for some people that are like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> yeah. We've got an MBA here. We've got an attorney you there and a chief on your side. Yeah. So yeah, we're smart too. <laughs> okay. Sparkly to me means you're very, it's very easy for you to shine. It's very easy for you to glow. It's very easy for you to have this just beaming smile on your face without hesitation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, as well about people 
such a beautiful doorway to walk through, Paul. So I'm super glad you asked. So when you were saying, you know, I didn't know if I had that authority, that is such a, it's a beautiful hesitation that you have. And I've, I've seen this a lot with, with kind of our peeps like us and my audience mm-hmm. that I get, I'm so blessed to interact with because we're all very similar in a lot of ways, um, but still individuals. <laughs> that there is a common, I want to say misconception that as alchemists or healers and as leaders, that we can misuse our power and that it's like you can't heal somebody without their permission, you have to have their verbal, you know, agreement and all these things. And it's so interesting that those of us that probably have the best intentions of anyone, the purest intentions, at least, that we would Mm -hmm. be the ones hesitating to offer something so beautiful and so pure and so divinely alchemical it's it's just there's an interesting irony there that i keep noticing so it was shown to me differently that when we offer healing to somebody else it's certainly not imposed on them it i look at it more much more as you know like a restaurateur adds something to the menu nobody has to order it 
um, but you've got it ready to go. You know, the recipe, you've got the ingredients and it's like, here you go. Or even at a, like a buffet, here's a dish. I think you might like it. I made it with love and I made it for your enjoyment and your nourishment and your, you know, soulful experience being positive and of joy and light and upward spiraling intentions in this reality. Um, by doing it that way, it allows those of us that feel connected to this more soulful, um, loving, empowered energy to be even more effective and even more empowered in this reality and kind of more in the game in a lot of ways too, because then we're not, we're not needing permission to offer something that we feel is special. We're also not waiting to be asked. So when we were on the Egypt and Jordan trip just recently, I was basically, if you will, praying for our group consistently. Mm -hmm. um, whether it was just, you know, lying in meditation before bed. Um, I do that for like the planet all the time where I'm just like, I really, you know, if there's anything that I can do by me being here, of just sharing more love, more healing, um, that people know their value and know their inherent worth. Um, and that they've, you know, rise to the occasion of their, of their best potential in this reality, not just for their own enjoyment and delight, but for the celebration of human life and in this physical reality we call earth. Um, how is that an imposition, right? It's just, it's mm -hmm. such a beautiful thing. Um, when it comes to actual healing of a community where you are, like, okay, here's, you know, let's see, let's, let's remove this, you know, divisive wedge, or let's, you know, add light to this, you know, collective chakra, etc. I still, I'm still shown and I still feel like that is totally within the bounds of a divinely led either healer or leader, because it's still not imposed upon them. And it's still offered and they can either choose to receive it or not receive it. And I've seen amazing results where people actually do choose to receive it. And they're not even consciously aware that anything was offered. And it's like, you see them the next day and they're like, they're like, yeah, I just, I slept really well. I just feel amazing today. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And of course there's no scientific way to say, oh, it was because of that. But if it assisted even a slight iota, that's wonderful. It can't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I, I, I do. I, I, I... I find you, you explained it in a way that um, allows, you know, one to, you know, if they so choose to assume that authority mm -hmm. and to offer it in a way. And ultimately, I think, as you mentioned, it's up to the individuals mm -hmm. or, or whomever to, yeah. to take it. And I really like what you said about how it can happen. It doesn't have to be a visual, like, I got it, you know, thank you, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. But it it could happen even if they're not aware of it, which mm -hmm. I like as well, really. It makes it so. a lot easier when you give it that power that it doesn't have to be something tangible or, or known. Um, you don't have to call somebody and say, hey, I just offered you a healing, FYI, right? It can be totally mm -hmm. like on the esoteric layers, which are very effective. Nice. That's cool. I, I, I love that. It's <laughs> fun. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just kind of noticing that and observing that. That's interesting. So um, I do want to offer now that we can switch gears if you'd like into the specific questions and topics that you had. 
And I'm going to be curious to know if some of your questions were related to career. suit and this is what we're doing and it's just really 
I, I just feel the authority in it that there's a lot of purpose in this and your body is just like no 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 yeah I got this it's kind of like the captain of the football team that maybe wasn't so sure what was going to happen at the beginning of the year and then it's like no 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 now we've got a system this we're we're really going to go we're going to go all the way anymore either right no but <laughs> i you know when i listen to this i know it i know, um, <laughs> I know. i'm just and i like and maybe just a bit of background like yeah yeah know, yeah um, yep here's samson watson i'm gonna let him in really quick sure hey <laughs> sam come here do you want to give it or do you want me to? Yeah. Um, the background? Yeah. Yeah, like I was going to just, you know, um, provide a bit of background, like what my situation was before. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Getting into the program. Yeah. And it wasn't good. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, the... the the metric for me was a council meeting, you know, uh, which is an all-day meeting, which could be grueling, right? Because okay. you discuss a number of things, a yeah. lot of dialogue, and you seek consensus. And when I walked out of those meetings, you know, I would get here home and go directly to bed, and you know, wake up later. And but it, it was more or less and. You know, I just knew things were just not going well energy-wise. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, to that point of saying, I got to do something. And thankfully, your uh, program came out, uh, Minding the Matter. And and then, you know, uh, we, we just listened to the dialogue of, um, you got a really good connection there, Jill. You know, it's happening to my body. Really good hearing that perspective. And I remember, you know, when I was into it, thinking to myself, you know, having tons of energy, incredible focus, you know, confirmation from my brain that right. I'm on cue, that I remember just thinking to myself, this is what life was meant to be, you know. So cool. This yes. is the Paul that I was meant to be like, you know, and I yeah. was just like, amazed and have that recognition <laughs> that too. this is it oh you know? my like, God. And, and then slowly you know i sort of you know went off the path <laughs> so the program was minding the matter just so other people know so they you can just google jill renee feeler minding the matter and you'll get it um and part of it was based on my own it wasn't a health crisis but for me it was health deterioration to the point in my mid-40s that i was like okay i've got to get my shit together here 
Um, and I tried different things and I was working with a naturopathic doctor and I discovered leaky gut through some allergy testing, food testing that she had done, but she didn't, she didn't mention leaky gut. It was actually another friend that said, well, it sounds like you have leaky gut. If everything you're allergic to is what you're eating, you guys, you probably have leaky gut. Now the regular medical doctors won't say leaky gut. They'll say, uh, perforated intestinal lining. They think leaky gut is a, is a quack word, quackery word. It's the same thing. <laughs> anyway, um, they're picky about their language in the AMA and probably other uh, medicals, professionals and other uh, cultures too. But it ended up where I was led to Dr. Mullen's book, The Gut Balance Revolution. And my team added on a lot of other context in terms of just really how mysterious and sacred the human body is. And when I kind of understood and I got a handle on this idea of the, about the importance of the gut microbiome and it affects our immunity, it affects our moods, it affects our cravings, it affects our intellectual capacity in a lot of ways. So basically your IQ, your overall functioning, and obviously your energy stores and energy levels. I was like, oh my God, okay, so how do you get a healthy gut? Um, and I do believe that for some people it's different, but the program that I followed was Dr. Mullins in the gut balance revolution. And then I did make some adaptations and tweaks. Um, it, it isn't vegan and it isn't vegetarian, but I'm, I've heard from vegans and vegetarians that have done the program that there are adaptations that you can make, but it is low carb. It is ketogenic. But it's also a lot more than that. So it's a wide variety of foods. It's really high quality foods, really clean foods. Um, and I felt like a different person within five days. I mean, what did you say you lost? Didn't you say 25 pounds in three weeks or something? 15 to 20. 15 the first three to 20 weeks. pounds within the first three weeks or first few weeks. That's amazing. Um, so the, the shape that my body got in following that with zero change in any exercise routine, and I wasn't exercising, I'm actually fairly immobile, sadly, in a lot of ways. Um, I sit in this chair <laughs> a lot, um, doing my work. So it was through no exercise that I got the amazing results that I did. It was entirely with food. And then as I later added on exercise and, you know, private trainer and that kind of thing, and, you know, lifting heavier weights and squats and deadlifts and that cool kind of stuff. Um, I mentioned to my trainer, I said, so I've heard that, you know, those amazing abs that people have are actually made in the kitchen, not in the gym. And that it's like 80% more what you're eating than it is like how many, how many, um, sit-ups or, you know, uh, crunches that you're doing. He said, oh, that's totally true. And I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me that, right? So they don't talk about that because their work is in the gym. And I don't even know if nutritionists really, and, and there's, I mean, a lot of nutritionists aren't into keto yet. Ketogenic and Atkins and that whole world is still maligned in a lot of ways. But I can't deny the results and how amazing I felt either. I felt so superhuman. So what I feel is that I'm still better off physically now, even though I'm not following the program, then I'm still better off now having done the program because it still reset a lot of different levels of my biology in really important ways. And I did it like almost religiously for probably about three months. Um, but I had adrenal fatigue, I had leaky gut syndrome, 
Um, you know, my cortisol levels were just crashing. And um, anyway, I was, I was, I consider myself a mess, but I wasn't a mess because I was still working and everything there was fine. But it wasn't, it wasn't fun. And like, I mean, I was having fun anyway, I could have done better. And I knew that and I did do better. So it's hard to go back on it though, because carbs are so, and junk food and all of that stuff. Once your gut microbiome gets back into a dystopia, a dystopic, is that a word state? Um, it goes back to the old cravings, but still the resets are enough to still make a difference. But if you and I both went back on it, we'd probably be like, oh my God, I'm, the, I'm in the bliss and you know that again. But even the way that my body looked, oh my God, I had pictures of myself um, that I took before, right before we went to France, because you were following it diligently when we were in France, and so was I, and so were some of the others on that France Sacred Mary Magdalene amazing adventure that we had then. Um, and it was, it. I can't believe how my body looked. I'm just like, my body had never looked better. And I was 45 years old at the time. <laughs> so, or maybe 46, I think 46. Anyway, so yes, I'm disappointed in myself that I'm not following it like I did and that I don't look and feel the way I did then when I was following it. But I also feel very empowered knowing that I know what to do to get back to that state. Um, mm -hmm. It's almost like even at my age, at any age, there are, our body is capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit. Mm. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, and just the confirmation from my body, I, I just want to realize that confirmation that, you know, uh -huh. came through from my body, mm. which you know, I thought was, wow, you know, like taking the eraser on, you know, the timelines <laughs> yeah. of uh, oh. my aging process. And, um, you know, I, I, I really want, and just, you know, the, the mental clarity is, right. is, yeah. I mean, the I was, idea that we're just two to three weeks away from amazing skin, you know, decreased inflammation, major decrease in inflammation, sharper brain, um, better digestion, higher energy levels. I mean, and, and on and on and on and on. My allergies were better. My asthma wasn't as, you know, was like non, I don't want to say non-existent, but non the inflammation, right? It's all about the inflammation and food is a key source of inflammation. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I, we should go back on it, Paul. <laughs> I'm motivated. <laughs> yeah. It's there ready for us. So, okay. I'll hit play again. That was good. <laughs> right. Um, the other thing I, let's see, what else were they going to show me? Oh yeah. Uh, your brain, I, your brain is definitely giving a thumbs up. Um, I feel the clarity in your thinking and I, I had a high, high respect for your intelligence to begin with, but are you feeling that your brain is even sharper than it was before? Totally different than anything I'd offered before. So I was just really 
trusting that it had such a huge transformative effect for me that for anybody who wanted it to be transformative to them, we were just going to, you know, knock it out of the park. And I'm so delighted to know what an amazing effect it's had for you, Paul. I couldn't, I can't tell you how happy I am to hear that. That's so great. Mm-hmm. 
so what this, I mean, this is on multiple levels, levels that we left out, frankly, previously. Normally, when we, as a group of conscious light in human form, we tended to focus on um, other matters. We tend, you know, they were more esoteric. They were more non-physical. They were, were more related to the upper chakras. And what we've done, we've made this really noticeable expansion where now we're focusing more exclusively on the physical dimensions um, related to relationships, related to the human body and how our biology functions, related to aging, um, and that that no longer has to mean degradation, that aging can actually literally mean consistent improvement. That's, I mean, that's, that's epic. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a complete rule breaker in, in all the good ways. And we're applying our divine authority to change, to change the rules of the game here and to completely reverse energy patterns and set in motion completely new energy patterns. We're doing that. So it's almost like, you know, a tulip bulb that had been planted in the fall and in the ground, it's like totally reverse engineering and then progressive engineering, a new set of codes for what it will be once it starts to emerge above the soil when all the conditions are right in the spring. And as a group of pioneers, I'm not surprised at all that the dates are within the month of March, known for transformation, and also um, preceding the actual March equinox nice. and Gaia herself is just like you know it's almost like a stretching and yawning of the bear when it comes out of hibernation just going oh this feels totally good this feels very different than anything we've done before um, it feels sharp and concise and decisive very action oriented um, very mobile very nimble um, you know, just, it, yeah, very stealth too <laughs> is, a, is another word that comes up where um, any sort of the traps, I want to say, of the dark age systems and dark age programs that we may have felt kind of caught in the caught in the snare, caught in the trap of self-doubt or, you know, whatever the case may be, financial challenges, you know, there's so many different things that we feel great. And then all of a sudden it's like we, we get our foot caught in that, that trap and we're like, wait, I can't move any further. Hang on just a second. You know, and then we have a hard time re recovering. Um, we're super savvy, like light ninjas as we kind of move through, move through the, move through the obstacle course of life now with a, an amazing set of hyper clarity, like omnipresence about, all the landmines and, and why they're there and an appreciation and honor for them almost while we just soar over them with, you know, no, no falling, no stumbling. Um, it's really, really amazing. I just wanted to follow up on that. I, because um, I, I was curious about uh, you mentioned that as being an attunement, mm -hmm. and 
it, it seemed to fall within that spring equinox sort of um, time. And I, I, I was curious about, um, you know, um, there were certain things that translated through that attunement, you know, that were sort of things like aging and rewriting um, some of the rules uh, sort of related that we typically tend to accept within human life. So like, like Jill, I was wondering if I were to like combine what we just discussed on uh, mining the matter, right? Mm -hmm. You know, about our body and, you know, getting our, our body in order, and, and, you know, in, in a, in a specific state that um how, how does that relate to these attunements that sort of tend to come around on a cyclical basis i mean can, can it be said that um when one's body is in a somewhat of a better mm -hmm. condition a healthier condition that um are those attunements sort of uh incorporated maybe a little better or differently i love that or yes you know it doesn't really matter no it matters Okay, hang on just a second, Paul. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do a part to the recordings. There we go. Okay, so yes, it does matter in terms of we use different either activation windows or attunements. There's so many different things that we can call it, solstice, equinox um, experiences. We use them differently based on where we are. So when I say we, I mean individually we kind of extract or use that turbo boost in different ways based on what um, either we're focused on, what we're passionate about, projects that we're starting, projects that we're tying up, and also physically. So when we are in like a really, really a, like physically attuned state, we use those trajectories differently because we're more ready. It's kind of like when somebody says like to a pro athlete, do you want to compete in a figure skating competition this weekend? And they're not ready. They're going to have a very different performance. So that may, that may not be the best metaphor, but that's the best one I have that you're ready for your best experience. Mm -hmm. So you get a different turbo boost and different energetic layers based on different things. Um, it's cool though, because you can actually, let me see what they're showing me here. They're always stored, though, is what they're saying. So even if they're, you know, if there's, you know, some sort of dramatic event in your life that you're focused on, you know, you've lost a loved one or something like that in the middle of a divorce or, you know, there's a lot of things that can kind of distract us from our consciousness, you know, interests in our lives. Um, those activations and so forth can actually be almost like stored within our energy field for when we are more ready for them. Um, there's also a, a leading and lagging indicator effect with uh, these, I want to call them ascension windows for some time, or for some reason right now. Um, so with these windows or trajectories or turbo boosts, some people feel them ahead of them, ahead of them, the timing, if there's timing given, like I gave with that experience two years ago with March 5th and March 15th. Some people feel it ahead of it. Some people feel it exactly on those dates. And then some people feel it after the effect. So it isn't, I mean, I, I do like to give pinpoint dates when I have them, but it's much more out of time than that. 
So everybody's kind of creating their own version of this as they go. But to answer your question, we experience them very differently when we are in a, I want to say a prime state of our, of our human biology. Yeah. It's cool. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. <sighs> I love it. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. You ready to dive back in? There's only like 20 minutes left. So uh, being cognizant of, your, of what you mentioned, like landmines and, and things of that nature, but being agile and, you know, Equipped. I really, really like that. Because, yeah. yeah, what it suggests to me is uh, being able to be, to get uh, essentially more things done, you know, but that, that's really refreshing that here. Oh, I love it too. I may have to type up that part since that relates to all of us. Certainly. Yeah, wow. Woo! That's amazing. Thank you for asking, Paul. I love you. <laughs> um, Jill, uh, you, you mentioned about, uh, you know, uh, and, I, uh, and I'm just curious. It's, you know, obviously, uh, at least I know what I'm going to be doing for the next almost two years from now. I mean, but. Um, what they're showing me relates more to you personally now as you ask that question. Um, it's more about do you want to be a leader that does so in such there oh this word makes me sad for some reason as I'm saying it in such an isolated fashion. Is there is there a new way that you'd like to serve the role as leader where you have a really meaningful inner circle? And at least one or two people that you you really consider confidants and authentic comrades um, that you can really share yourself even intimately with. Um, that doesn't have to be romantic, but it could be. Um, that's kind of up to you. But this, it's part of that joy factor, Paul. Okay. How does that feel to you? kind of thrown that that was set aside for you and what you've done is it's almost like you've morphed this throne into a bench and it's kind of a curved bench almost like in a restaurant like a booth (laughs) Um, and you've made it where there's room for you know two three even four or five people 
that sit uh, sit aside you, alongside you in this role of really overall you as Paul, not just in the career and the leadership role in the community, but also personally and just how you how's you how you share your free time and that you honor the fact that you have free time and that you get to decide what you you know how you fill it and that could be with um, much more um, human to human sort of contact that feels really good to you and I see that you still like your privacy you still like your alone time and I feel like that's not in jeopardy at all that there's some way of you doing this where it's it's like you kind of exploring this concept of of having more space set aside for others to share your life with very personally and it feels really good paul wow i just really love that <laughs> and it gives me something to look forward to as well yes exactly um, yeah. So, Paul, you have that now, don't you? I do, and I just, you know, was thinking how grateful I am to have that sort of... Um, Inner circle. Expressed, you know, yeah. um, I don't feel as alone, you know. <laughs> um, and it, it's more or less I'm certain, you know, creating that space of trust and involvement mm -hmm. and um laughter i almost want to say with um nice various people um that you know have really helped me to um you know on the bench there you yeah. know that really uh, <laughs> stand with me and um allows me to feel that you know they're they're with you know they care about me and they um obviously want to they see what i'm about and they want to help that you know translate within community so thank you that, that i was, love it that was really helpful. it's so great and it's you know i don't take credit for the fact that you now have an inner circle i love that your team was pointing out that hey that's an option and then you did it Right. I mean, then you were like, oh, there's another creator energy I can apply in my life. And now two years later to reflect on the fact that you're not an isolated leader. That is so cool. And, you know, I just it just underscores. I mean, like, um, I, which I truly appreciate, um, you know, that that ability of uh, you tapping into my team. Like, it's mm -hmm. just a larger aspect of me. And. You know, when I hear it, it's almost like, you know, it just makes a lot of sense. And it, it allows me to sort of incorporate and internalize it a lot more easily so cool. than, you know, um, like somebody else sort of saying, okay, the instruction from here, you know, here <laughs> right. you go. I mean, yeah. It very, I mean, obviously, it's just been a, been a steady progression for me that's which so I'm really cool grateful for. that's so cool oh so i'm i feel blessed to be a, any part of it it's really neat yeah i love you i love you brother <laughs> okay here we go <laughs> we still have 12 minutes 12 minutes yeah. I, I was wondering like i i think for me now it's on symbols joe oh that's, oh, that's right <laughs> Um, 
Paul, I'm going to see if I can find it so that I can have it okay. on the screen. Okay. This will take me just a minute here. That's how I remember this. Oh my God. It was so cool. <laughs> Oh, it was awesome. Oh, I'm so glad you picked this one. I totally forgot about this. I'm telling you, like, I am... Um, I mean, I, I just love what came through their channel. And um, hmm, me too. I know on at least two or three occasions, I, uh, I brought it forward in, you know, public speeches and presentations. And, wow. You know... Because I just love it, you know, I just, yeah. Oh, that's so And great. I was waiting for some sort of um, stuff to come back, you know, yeah. because it is. And nothing really, you know. Um, I'm not sure if we're still recording or uh, we're on break here. Or... No, it is still recording. And that's okay, okay. right? Okay, I found it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's oh fine. my gosh. Okay, I totally found these. Okay, I'm going to go back to the, the play, okay? Sure. Okay, here we go. relevant to something else 
um, not just one other thing, but multiple things. You know, the sacred sevens, there's such a, um, a repeating pattern of things in sevens. Um, when you look at divine structure, divine order. Um, okay, let me see here. For some reason, we're focusing on this orange one. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, that's no problem. Okay, okay, let me see. It's also, so, I mean, this is the, <laughs> that's funny, because some of the, some of the souls that were involved in actually doing these glyphs, leaving these records, are coming, that's okay, are coming forward and explaining that this is the challenge with, um, with two-dimensional art, <laughs> is that there's a, there's a whole other layer of it that, that they're wanting to express here, and one is that the way to think about this orange one is kind of like um, a wedding cake, okay? It's, it has mm. to be compressed to two, two dimensions in order to, to fit on a cave wall or wherever this was, but they're asking you to almost like pop it up, pull it up so that the, the, uh, those arcs are actually um, fans uh, in a way that kind of support the upward spiral where the sun that's tiny in the middle is actually at the top. Um, oh, you see what I'm saying? Hmm. Yeah, so it goes up. Um, the, the wider sun is the base, and then the mm -hmm. smaller sun is like, um, is like the peak. Okay. Okay, and the, the structures of the crosses support the elevation of light. Oh my god! <laughs> it's so beautiful in the structure of the community and the honoring of tradition, and while equally honoring the progression and the creating of traditions and the replacing of traditions as needed and as led by those that are so heart centered, they want nothing but for everyone to move. Um, upward and forward in an even more glorious way. Wow. Is that like a spiral? It definitely has a torsion field within it, but you really you can't see it as much from the way this is. So they're asking you to look at it like a like an aerial view of a wedding cake. Okay. Okay. Now let's go to the top one. This one with the awesome crisscrosses, that, that middle squiggle, that is a spiral. Um, this one is interesting because some of the, uh, I'm going to call them triangles. There's the upward triangle, the lower triangle, and then the triangle on the left and a triangle on the right. Those, some, it looks like the top and the bottom triangles they're showing me are actually part of a structure that's, that's a sphere supporting a sphere on the downward side, kind of like an underworld component of like Mayan tradition, okay? And, and then the right and the left triangle support the upward, um, uh, above ground, if you will, dimension of the sphere. But this one looks a lot like a sphere to me with a structure of supporting an underworld, which to me doesn't mean bad. Um, it's just the invisible nature of divinity versus the visible nature of divinity. Okay. Okay, mm -hmm. and it's also a reflection of the inner and outer 
um, in that way too. The inner beauty versus the expressed beauty, um, that kind of realm. The little X's or the little crosses are related, and they're saying indicative of the kind of the atom, the atomic nature of biology and life in this reality, that it's part of this and it needs to be um, present um, in the overall sphere of, of physical life because it's such a sacred foundation of, of life. That the divinity starts even at the even at the atom, the components of the atoms, spinning and rotating and changing and multiplying and dying off, and it's just such a um, the sacredness of the of the way physical energy works. Okay. Are you still on the sphere one? Yeah, okay. on the sphere one, uh, yeah. sphere one that, um... They're actually uh, triangles, Paul, so... The, okay. Yeah, so there's six, there's four triangles here. There's the upper triangle, that there's a solid line, and then the triangles meet, they, the other angles meet in the middle. And then there's a lower triangle with the base, you know, about, you know, from like, I would say like four o'clock to eight o'clock kind of thing. So those are the two triangles that are supporting the, the underworld, and then the triangles that are meeting in the middle that kind of fold open to the right and to the left, those are supporting the, the upper or outer world in this reality. Okay. So wow. the, the artist, if you will, the, and he wants, to, he wants to be called an expressor, because <laughs> um, this is an expression, is is conveying the importance of structure in this reality and the wholeness of this reality that he's saying everything you need is right here everything in the sphere is is present for your divinity and and for lack of divinity he's saying it too if somebody's in the midst of forgetting etc all the components are still there I know, I'm flying blown away too. I'm so glad you asked. This is so fun. <laughs> um, like, like the other, the other two, like, uh, yeah. there's, a, there's a one on Birchbark, right? And that is the illness sign. And, you know, like, I often would ask people, and, you know, people would tattoo it on their body, and you would see it in various places. And I would ask people, like, what is it?
Yeah, the way that okay, I love this. Here, I love how clear. Oh, I just so, feel so thankful to your questions and to the way that the answers are just coming through so clearly. Um, this is very much related to infinity symbols, and if you look at it, you can see that there's an infinity symbol that's been stretched slightly, and then it's been mirrored to multiply, almost indicative of the division of cells at the start of life. Um, so the life of, you know, a baby and the joining of the sperm and the egg, um, then it immediately starts to, uh, to replicate basically and to divide and grow and all those things. So it's the infinite energy of life at its beginning stages of replication. And the break in it is openness to new possibilities. Hmm. So I totally give thumbs up to, if you will, the storyline that's been told about the Aboriginal people, that it starts with the Aboriginal people. That's exactly right. And then there's this openness. And it's cool because in the openness, that's where you start to get into these really cool ideas of other forms of life, joining humanity, um, you know, basically joining the, the bloodline. Um, offering themselves into, you know, hybrid sorts of energies that are that are not just Aboriginal, but Aboriginal plus, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really, really cool. Let me see about the eagle carrying it. I just want to look at that one. I love. Oh, I love that. I love how the opening is up. So the the potential for new possibilities is is upward spiraling. It's we can only go up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's let's work on going up. Um, I like that. And then I like that the eagle's carrying it because I mean obviously eagle energy has so much power, so much strength. And who else to carry this forward but the power of the perspective that only the eagle can have from its wide um, you know, purveyance of of what's going on in the ego I view. I mean, you want the ego to be the one carrying it forward. So how perfect is that? Um, you know, it, it, it 
it led me to further questions mm -hmm. and um, it, it, it's really refreshing to to hear uh, a perspective on on them and I hmm. I find that they have almost like a universal application to mm -hmm. them like with respect to humanity mm -hmm. you know and life and creation and spirituality and you know like mm -hmm. and it sort of you know makes me feel proud about you know that sort of um knowledge and understanding and you know I, and yeah i, I just hmm. wanted to mention that so beautiful thank you for that so paul did you did i hear you saying correctly that you've talked about this new interpretation that you got in presentations and things that you've done since then is that right yeah with respect to the two symbols mm -hmm. um uh, because I, you know, one of them with respect to the triangles, mm -hmm. uh, and you, you might have caught it in my questions was, you know, there, there, there's sort of like a firm entrenched belief that the, it's a star, right? Mm -hmm. And it's even that, drawn as know, a, it's, yeah. And, however, yeah. when mm -hmm. you interpret. Hmm. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. You know, you describe, yeah, like two sets of triangles. So, um, so you know, I, I, you know, I introduce it as one interpretation, you know, mm -hmm. and, but I, and I, you know, really, you know, convey, try to convey what, um, what was uh, put forward, you know, just in terms of what we just heard. And, it, you know, it, it's, I, I believe it resonates with some people and, you know, with, at those various settings, you know, basically conferences and things like that. So, um, you know, I'm, yeah, I mean, like, it's sort of trudging into territory where you, um, you provide an alternate sort of uh, interpretation and you just see what happens, right? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Ed, like we were talking about earlier with adding something else to the menu. We're not imposing it on them. We're just saying, hey, here's another here's another view. If you if it if it feels expansive to you and it serves you, then consider it right or apply it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When they pulled up that birthday cake or that wedding cake, that was just I just remember the feeling in my heart was just like, oh, and when they were, when the original creators of these symbols were stepping in and, and saying, yeah, this is the problem of two-dimensional art. I mean, it's just like, it's hard to convey. And yeah, I really, so do you, I don't even know if this is a fair question, but do you remember the process that you were, that led you to ask about these symbols? Was, I, I mean... I'm just so curious if it was just curiosity. I wonder what my team has to say about this. I mean, yeah, you know, like, um, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it was almost like a transition, you know, um, from, you know, our, 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 our dialogue of Q and A and, you know, myself delving into sort of like, larger questions about life and spirit and creation and, right. and, and, and you know, it just sort of 
dawned on me one day, like, I mean, these are certain things that, you know, are in my day-to-day life. Yeah. And here's a potential opportunity to sort of, um, and like I, and on uh, some other uh, uh, sessions we had, Jill, I, I had a, a flicker of interpretation from uh, legends, you know, that mm. I, I sort of discussed with you. And, hmm. and it really triggered something in my mind of, whoa, really? I mean, and, you know, uh, legends is another aspect mm. of an oral tradition, right? Yes. That uh, people have. And, and I, I find, you know, these, these, you know, interpretations to refreshing and almost rejuvenating in a way of um, Mm. giving a perspective that sort of tends to connect, you know, this matrix or this, you know, um, creation of life, you know, uh, within a symbol and that sort of suggestion, you know, that you mentioned earlier, that shift from a two-dimensional to a (laughs) three-dimensional sort of just like sort of oh. yes so obviously the kin thing three dimensionally you're like oh, right. it, it, you know yeah it's I mean, so fun oh my god it. it's so fun oh paul is there anything else that you want to add before we we wrap up this jill and paul session i i, I just you know i'm just so honored to have this opportunity jill really mm, I thank mean, you um, me too I feel that way just, about you. You know, it's like an extra bonus for me to, um, <laughs> you know, go go to, you know, these sessions, which I highly value, you know, like just cherish. And, you know, post sort of, you know, thinking about them to just, you know, you know, I, I was sort of, you know, like a follow-up <laughs> to it, you know, like, a, yeah. you know, it, it's really... I, I am again. I feel really privileged and honored to have that opportunity. It's yeah. so cool. Oh, Paul. Oh, brother. I'm. Thank you for uh, taking me up on the offer to do a private session. I, you, I actually. This is cool because it's. For, I think for some people, they're like, "Why would I do that? Why would I share my private session?" I was really glad that you agreed to it, and because of the. I mean, the sessions that we have with everybody are are quite unique and different, obviously. And your sessions are very different um, than Mm. most people and probably for a lot of reasons. And a lot of it is you ask very unique questions relative. I think some people don't know that they could ask questions like this, right? And everybody's kind of constitution and Mm. passion and interest and curiosities are very different. And you and I both tend to have a very eagle eye, uh, big picture orientation when we look at the world. Um, and I totally respect and appreciate the fact that not everybody has that. So there is a different level of kind of synchronicity. I think that you and I have when we have conversations like this, cause we're both like, oh, 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 oh. And we just, it's, it's just super fun. So I love all sessions and I, I, I'm really glad that we got, that you picked this one and that you said, yes. Thanks so much. And, you know, I, I, you know, a part of my dialogues and questions stems from, you know, I guess my role, but also my, my love for community, my community. And, yeah. You know, you know, the Mi'kmaq Nation. And mm-hmm. so, like, it, I'm just so glad to have, uh, yeah, 
an opportunity to just delve delve into it. That's know? so beautiful. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, brother. I love you, brother. And thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. The, the, um, yeah, we covered a lot today. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon. And I'll be having the, the post-trip call with the Egypt and Jordan group soon. Um, so I look forward to hearing you then, too. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Paul. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs> have, a good, have a good evening, Paul. Bye. Thank you.